You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hot takes from the guy behind the glass. I'm in a glass case of emotion. TMI with TIM. TMI. TMI, my friends. Inside Access. 1057 The Fan. Yes, sir. It is that time. TMI with TIM and T-Bone. The floor is yours. MLB playoffs underway. World Series in a few weeks. So it begs the question, have you ever won a sports championship. It can be any level, little league, high school, college, or even a 21 college. plus league. Who, who in this building yeah. do you think won anything well, in college? I'm talking about the listeners. Oh, I'm oh, talking about the listeners. That, Clearly, in this co- present company, I excluded. Yes. I threw out the number 410 583 1057. If you have any cool championship stories, we would love to hear from you. Walk off hit, game winning touchdown, game winning goal. Love to hear from you. So I got a couple. Yeah. Um, we won back-to-back championships in Little League Baseball. We were the Braves. I really remember one of them. I think it was the first one where it was the most anti-climactic walk-off. It was a walk-off walk. And that's Little League Baseball. Is, yeah. Where the hitter got hit by a pitch. Um, not that it really counts because we didn't play an actual game, but... Uh, JV football at Eastern Tech. We won county championships freshman, sophomore year. That's pretty good. Eastern was a powerhouse when I was there. They won the state championship uh, my freshman year. Varsity did. And the two prior years, Jason, I know your kid goes to Loyola. Uh, Eastern played Calvert Hall in the regular season, beat them both times. Wow. So Eastern was a powerhouse wow. back then. And then Volo, shout out Volo Sports. What is that? Yeah, That's the rainbow color shirt uh, you call what did we when used you're to call them when I used to live in Canton. I can't yeah. remember what we called them. The Skittles, shirts. I think, Skittles, or something like that. Right. Skittles, yeah. So we won a championship. We've been to three. First Dynasty. E- yeah, oh yeah. First ever Volo League that we've ever done. We were terrible. We won 0-6 in the regular season. Like the Mighty Ducks. You made like, it yeah, all the way yeah. to the championship. Yeah. The next year? We beat, no, no, that season. Oh, turn it around in season. Everyone makes oh. the playoffs. So it's a six-game regular season. First game we beat Joe LaCroix's team. Oh. So take that. He was Joe probably sick. Listening. <laughs> no, he wasn't Patient sick. Patient zero. He got everybody <laughs> sick. <laughs> that was before COVID. Yeah. And then the next round we were down by six runs, came back and won. Semifinals down by twelve runs, came back and won, and then lost. You can't the... keep you guys down. Yes. Yeah, so... What color were you guys? Were you green, oh, blue? God. Do you remember your Skittle color I, that year? I don't even. Remember Did you have that a team year. name? Uh, that I can't remember if that was We Hit Dingers with Big oh, Al when wow. that came out, but yeah, went to three championships, won one there. So humble brag. Stone, you know, Stone. You have a championship that you've won in sports. In high school, my senior year, I played baseball, okay. and we won our uh, you know, conference championship. Wow! Nice. We, awesome. I think we went undefeated that year. We were we were a powerhouse. Let's nice. You get so. some hardware for that. You I, must... I do have a land like a like a, a metal like a metal thing <laughs> like on a necklace kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. Where where did you play? I'd love to see it. Where did you play? Hartford Christian School. No, no. I mean, like in the like oh. what position? I was the outfield, corner okay. outfielder. You know. All right. 
Did you anything memorable from the playoffs or anything? Anything? Any individual so accomplishments in the, in that the stand championship out? game? I think I got hit twice. Got hit by nice. pitchers. Twice. I was. I got hit a lot because <laughs> I didn't for move. The team. I took it. I took who, it. Who was Look the kid? You. Who was the kid in Bad News Bears that Walter Mathaw kept telling the Buttermaker? Uh, yeah, to get I hit. can't remember his name. Yeah, that I know was stunning. Yeah, I got hit twice. I hit. I hit some. Uh, some far, but they got caught. I could once you got on base, automatic steal a second. I would think oh, it was dude. an automatic go flash. for you, Stony. I'm flash. No, that, I believe it. That's me and Volo. I I know my role. <laughs> I'm a slap hitter. I'm I'm a slap hitter. I hit it shallow left field every time. I make it into a triple or a uh, home run. I, I still don't understand Volo, but that's that's it's the, a 21 and over yeah, league. Yeah, that's yeah. all that it is. I was in like 1982. Yeah, Liberty Road Little League. Uh, our team won the championship, but. I had to leave before the season was over Sky to go Skylamar. Yeah, so I, I I got my trophy when I got back from uh, from camp. So Were you getting like back then? Was it like uh, I'm trying to remember? They used to have the wire. Would you they wire the scores you up there? It's <laughs> pre-internet. There's no way you would you call? Would your would your dad watch the games in your absence and give? Hey, we I, won four to two last night. I think my father told me on visitors' day, visiting day. But that, you didn't that, even really talk to your parents much. No, not when you're up there, like no. it was not like they were calling every no, day to check on you. Zero. Uh, you wrote letters and they wrote back. I think he told me on visiting day that we won, <laughs> that the team won. And I was like, okay. He gets a letter on July 14th. How was? I, how did we do in the championship <laughs> June 12th, Pop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that he and, gets it back a month now, later. I did, I, I did go four and two in color war. So that was what that, is that? that? Uh, at the end of the, at the end of the summer at Skylamar, they split the camp in half, and you basically do battle in all the sports. Uh, basketball, football, softball, uh, flag football, um, bocce, golf, oh, I bocce. tennis. I love bocce. Tennis, bocce. Uh, uh, street hockey. But uh, no tetherball. Uh, songs and cheers. No no tetherball. Uh, and, and I went, I, there were six summers I went four and two. So was there, there, was, there was, was never a, a more exhilarating feeling than yeah. Yeah. Uh, That winning. was peak ginger oh, gorilla. Swimming. Yeah, there yeah. Was, uh, uh, sailing. What was your favorite? Uh, what was your discipline? Yeah. I love. Like- I was. Uh, I was big. Uh, so, tug of oh, I was big in tugs, tug nice. of war, <laughs> nice. uh, and and you're football. Big in tugs, yeah, yeah. big tugging tugs. guy. Yeah, you're, you're a tug of war. Big, big bas- yeah, guy. big tugger. Uh, <laughs> basketball, football. Caught a big touchdown one year. Nice. And, yeah, yeah. How about that? Beat Howie Cherry on like a post route. Uh, he was oh, a yeah. punk. Yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah. Never he cover Ken up. Lyman, man. Double move. Man. Double oh, move. Yes. Hit him with the stop and go. You gotta double cover Ken White. Yeah, I, nothing like major. Holland Town Exchange Little League. I know we won one year. We were the Padres and we won in one age group. We were the Orioles once and we won. And then I know I won when I was with the Tigers, but that was like teenage by then. I was probably like under four, 12, 13, 14. Uh, St. E's, I think we won under 10. Got a once. Lot of and then I think under 12, I remember us losing to like Shrine a Little Flower. Like in penalty kicks, there was always that was the big rivalry, Saint and Shrine. Um, played soccer for the boys' club in Highland Town. We won some tournaments, like in Alexandria and Linthicum. Um, indoor soccer a few times. That's about it. Well, we have a lot of callers, so let's go to Alex in Baltimore to start us out. Alex, you're on the phone. Oh, yeah, hey fellas. Yeah, uh, funny story. My only championship. Uh, we all played like for our high school teams, but. My friends kind of split up after middle school, like different schools. So we all wanted to have a team. Bel Air Rec was having this like under 18, uh, like it was like in-house. They had some mm-hmm. in-house teams, but they also had other teams coming in. So weird rule. Guy says we only have 15. We put some guys on the team and uh, their coach ends up telling them, North Harford's coach ends up telling them they can't play for two teams. So we lose like 
six guys and we tell the commissioner and they're like, you know, tough stuff. You gotta, they wanted us to pay the whole $500 again, to like just to re-up the, so we decide we're just going to give the jerseys to like our other friends, right? And we sneak them in. We never use more than 15 all year. Make it to the championship. We lost to this team Forest Hill twice, once six nothing, once two nothing. See them in the championship. They have, they've been together for like years. They haven't lost ever. Okay. Undefeated for like three years. So we only have 11. Our one guy has to go to regionals at halftime. We finished the game with 10. <laughs> we ended up pulling out the miracle. It's 2 nothing, right? But listen, the guy who scored first was my my friend's little brother. And the commissioner recognized him. He said, hey, <gasps> we know you have extra players. We, we can't give you the trophy. So he no. goes to give the trophies to Forest Hill. But they had 19 guys. Turns out they were cycling guys every week. So nobody knew. But this was the last Sheesh. game. So everybody came. So he went to give them 15 trophies. And they had 19 guys. So he just came back over and gave us the trophy. <laughs> That's like a, that there should be a 30 Thanks, for 30 <laughs> about that. That's yeah. crazy. Let's grab one more call. Gene is in Pikesville. Gene, yeah, you got This is the nerdiest thing I've ever heard in my life, man. <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, um, I'm, like as a kid, I played, you know, a bunch of sports and never won anything. We always came in last place, and, you know, it was just pitiful. We, you know, just sad kids, right? And so finally, I get like 25, and I took up tennis. And uh, the Baltimore, what was it called? The uh, Sun Paper Tournament. Man, that was the biggest tournament in Baltimore as far as, you know, uh, uh, being a, what do you call it, um, an, op- an open tournament. Okay. And it, and it was sanctioned, you know what I mean? So I was playing tennis. We, we were playing sanctioned tournaments and all that kind of stuff. Really got into it. And so this girl picked me up as her mixed doubles partner. And we didn't win the Sun Papers tournament. Well, we won the Bureau of Recreation tournament, which, you know, happened after the uh, Sun Paper tournament uh, stopped sponsoring, uh, you know, the Bureau of mm-hmm. Recreation here in Baltimore. And so we won the mixed doubles tournament and um, uh, defended it the next year. And uh, and the, uh, my, our, what do you call it, our uh, practice partners uh, beat us in the finals, man. But it was it, it, it was a great experience. But again, this is the nerdiest thing ever. Blame T Bone. Blame T Bone and Chuck Box. You called in, Gene, yeah. so you're a little I know, nerdy, nerdy too. I know, I know. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> right, I thought he was going to say, and then we got married after the tournament yeah. and had like a family together. <laughs> I was waiting for We're like, together till this day. Yeah. <laughs> She's sitting here right now. Hey, coming up next, uh, another day, another commander story, and this oh, one's a bombshell. Gosh. We'll get Jason Lock and Forrest's thoughts on the ESPN Expose League at Large next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Inside Access to the National Football League. All the way to the end zone for a touchdown. NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, Ravens insider Ken Wyman. Joining us now, the former Hall of Fame coach Bill Cowher, Boomer Esiason, the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. The League at Large, brought to you by Valor Home. If you're in need of a new roof, siding, or windows, get 50% off all roofing and siding materials. Buy two windows and get one free. Plus, make no payments until 2024. Call 833-83-VALOR or online at ValorHome.com. 1057 The Fan. Seems like every day there's something odd about the Commanders as we had uh, uh, Ron Rivera blaming the quarterback for their struggles. Uh, Well, today, a bomb was dropped by ESPN, a story written by Don Vanata, Seth Wickersham, and Tisha Thompson. Uh, it's about about one Daniel Snyder and the fact that uh, the other owners hate him, mm-hmm. and yet he's got enough dirt he thinks that could blow up up the league, dirt on everyone, including Jerry Jones and uh, uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell. 
Jason, some of this stuff I think was probably known in league circles or heard about in league circles, but now it's being said out loud. Yeah, I mean, look, the idea that Dan Snyder will go scorch earth to keep this team if they try to take it from him, I feel like that's kind of established or known. And the fact that he, you know, would collect compromising information on other people to try to hold over their heads. I mean, that's if you've paid any attention to what is known of these investigations, the original NFL investigation, the current NFL investigation into his organization, the um, Capitol Hill investigation. I mean, this is part. This is what he does, right? He hires private eyes and he tries to do it. So like, I don't know what I found the most. Honestly, I mean, a lot of this, it didn't break a whole lot of new ground to me. It was very, well reported and they talked to a lot of people um but to me i was more fascinated by the the stuff about the running of the commanders because mm-hmm. the every narrative that you know their new team president jason wright or their pr people over there put out is that we've changed we've changed we've changed and snyder right when he got dragged into capitol hill for all this stuff and and when he spoke to the league, his stance was, "Well, I should I wasn't hands on enough. I was too I yeah. was too laissez faire, and all this stuff happened that I didn't know about." Which was amusing. Meantime, this article is reporting that he's still running the team. That Jason Wright is a figurehead who was put there by the league, and, and Snyder complied. That the league turned a blind eye to two potential Rooney Rule violations, and that um, he's picking the players still. He's picking Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz. He's got a bat phone that's hardwired into the organization. And he's still running everything through his wife, Tanya. And what the article says is a figurehead team president, Jason Wright. So now Ron Rivera, on the the same day that they're playing a game, in which if they lose this, the season's really over, he's now running around telling journalists, no, I went to Dan and Tanya's house, and I said Carson Wentz is the man for the job. I mean, come on. Same old Washington. And I feel really bad for Jason Wright because he was the first black man in NFL history to hold the team president title. And he wanted to come in and really change the team's culture and be more inclusive. And But don't you know what he said? He he knew he was signing up for. You know who you're going to work for. But still, and there's been multiple employees leaving because nothing's changed when it comes to the the inner organization's culture and one of the more interesting quotes from the article when asked why Dan Snyder won't uh, just move on source said it's his identity and I keep wondering why is he still doing this why isn't he selling the team there's no way out there's no end game that's his character flaw he can't look in the mirror and see what everyone well, else Everything sees. else and he's he, touched has failed. And this and, is failing too, but it's all he's got left. But he revels in being a villain. Like he's just a terrible human being. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, yeah. there's no other way around it. No. He's, he's, he's not just a terrible owner. He's, he's a bad person. He's a bad person who revels in he's this He's a Bond villain. villain at this point. Yeah. Yes. But he also is a guy that, that it doesn't look like they're going to be able to push out of there. Well, it seems like the owners, based on are this they article, up for the fight. I mean, because yeah. he's going to sue them and he's going to try to get nasty. Yeah. And do twenty four of these owners think the juice is worth the squeeze? The other thing about the article, and then we'll move the on. The stadium. There's too. other stuff going on. Is if he does get thrown out, don't get it twisted that they're doing the right thing or they finally found their moral compass. It's because he turned, which was a top three revenue generating franchise for the league, and they share the revenues. 
into a team that can't get a stadium, can't sell any jerseys, and is now uh, bleeding money, which means they don't get the gate, right? You share the gate. They don't get that. They don't get a cut of the same sort of souvenir sales they used to get because he's not selling anything. He went from 90,000 seats to 64. He can't get a new stadium. So if he's gone, it'll be because, like it always is in big business, follow the money. Yeah, it's a very. If you have a chance, and it's a dense article, but I I highly suggest uh, you take a a look at that. We do have a football game tonight, Jason, and it's the Commanders and the Bears, Eesh. and it's probably going to be another hate watch. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is Carson Wentz in his career in prime time, and on Thursday night, is a thing. It, he's like, I don't think he's ever, he's like 6-0 and on Thursday night. His career primetime numbers are off the charts. Uh, but these are two teams that don't have anything really going for him offensively. I I, I like the under here. It's a pick em. Um I do like Scary Terry to go over 52 and a half passing yards. Diami Brown came back for them last week. Yes. Caught a couple deep balls now. And Wentz has got more completions. Uh, over 25 yards than anybody in the league. And the Bears' defense is getting better, but is by no means elite. And uh, I like David Montgomery under 61 and a half rushing yards. Okay. And, and he, I, I kind of like Robinson, the first half under. Brian Robinson sounds like he's going to be the lead back, back for the uh, Commanders tonight. It's an amazing story. I don't mean, that's one of the few good things going on in that organization. Don't want to touch his 48-5 over under? No. Hey, one last thing. The Ravens are taking on the Giants this Sunday. Aaron Rodgers had an opportunity to take on the Giants last week, and he talks about Wink Martindale's defense. That was really what happened. You know, I, I have a ton of respect for Wink. I think he's a fantastic coach. They got a good scheme. They got they got really good players, but they're aggressive. They come after you. You know, they had a lot of different uh, pressures. They had edge pressure. They had overload pressure. They had empty pressure. Uh, so they threw a lot at us. I thought we handled it for the most part pretty well. We just had basically the one sack, uh, not counting the last uh, Hail Mary attempt. So I thought the line held up pretty good. You buy him what he's selling. Um. Well, they're they they are giving up a fair amount of pressure there in in Green Bay, you know, and they're rotating left tackles and trying to figure some stuff out on the fly. He's not pushing the ball downfield. Wink was throwing the kitchen sink at him, daring him to push the ball downfield, and and he he's he's not doing it. Aaron Rodgers' air yards are way down. His attempts over twenty five yards or more are way down. Um, and I think they thought. That they had that game won at halftime and could kind of sit on the ball. Yeah. And it backfired. Take your foot off the gas sometimes. You get burnt. Hey, it's Inside Access here on a rainy Thursday here in Charm City. Coming up next, we're talking more football. It's our weekly chat with Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger. What was he seeing when he looked at the film with that Ravens win over Cincinnati? Lamar Jackson, that final drive. We'll ask Baldy about that next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Sports 24 7, 1057 The Fan. One of our favorite times of the week, Thursday at 3.30. That's when we're joined by Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger, host of the Odyssey Original Podcast, In the Huddle with Jason Lockett for and Carl Dukes covering the entire NFL. And Baldy joins us courtesy of the Ashley Furniture guest hotline as well. And Baldy, good afternoon. Thank you as always for joining us. Let's start with the Ravens. It was an old school AFC North kind of battle. The Ravens had the ball last and they went to their bread and butter with Lamar Jackson and hit running and throwing to Mark Andrews. What did you see on that final drive? I saw that, you know, including, you know, his longest run of the day, the 19-yarder where 
basically serpentine through that Cincinnati defense, given the other side of the 50, a couple more plays, and they were in Justin Tucker's range. So, you know, that's what these, you know, that's what you're expecting your quarterbacks to be able to do in crunch time when you're down, you know, 17, 16, and you got to be able to, to deliver. And he did. And, you know, it's, it's not like Cincinnati doesn't know that Mark Andrews is getting the ball and he still is getting the ball. So it's still kind of unbelievable that, you know, it's just like Travis Kelsey in Kansas City. I mean, these guys are just that good at kind of recognizing what you're doing, how to beat it, what the move is. And so uh, those two guys, it's still the foundation to this whole offense. Speaking of unbelievable, Baldy, the Ravens go up to the Meadowlands this week and they, they face a Giants team in yeah. which Saquon Barkley has 115 touches, Baldy, and there ain't another running back, wide receiver, or tight end on that team with even 20. You've got a quarterback and a running back who have amassed 906 yards from scrimmage, and the rest of the team has 848, Baldy, in the year 2022, five games into a season. How can an NFL team be 4-1 and one running everything through a running back in this era of football? You know, it's, it's, it's well, it comes out of Brian Dable. I mean, he's just, he's just a great coach. Going back to what coaching is all about, honestly, Jason, it's what do we got? What's the best way to kind of emphasize it and create offense out of what we have? They got a quarterback that can run. He's okay at throwing it. He's a, he's, he's a good runner. Yeah. And they got Saquon. So they put Saquon in uh, Wildcat last week. Yeah. Uh, they put him in Wildcat with an unbalanced offensive line. They put him at, in a stacked position at wide receiver. Uh, you know, they, they put him in a position to win the game. He did. Uh, that's their best player. And so how do we maximize that? And it's smart. But really, I mean, outside of Darius Slayton catching a couple balls last week, they've won games without – Wide receivers. Yeah, you talk about in the modern yeah. 2022 era, they literally don't even line up wide receivers in a lot of formations, and so. But that's that's not their strength. They're not good at it. Guys can't stay healthy. They don't practice. The hell with them. Let, let's go with what we got. You know, we'll see if Saquon can hold up at this pace Oof. over the course of the season, because not many guys have been able to handle that kind of load. But in the meantime, you're finding ways to win games, and Wink is doing the same thing on the other side of the ball. Speaking of Wink, Baldy, of course, he was here in Baltimore from 2012 through last season. Have you seen any different wrinkles from Wink now in New York, and how does his defense stack up against the Ravens' offense? Well, he doesn't have the corners that he had in in Baltimore. I mean, you know, there was a year, three years ago, they were number one defensive football. And they had corners that could just line, you know, Marlon Humphrey. You know, I mean, they were were pretty stacked. Jimmy Smith was still in his game. Um you know, so he doesn't have that in New York, although he still is not afraid to go up there and play with Fabian Moreau and Nick McLeod and some of the guys, Dory Jackson, whoever he's got available. Um, they've got five guys playing defense that were on the roster Labor Day weekend. So, you know, he's a great teacher, and he's got these guys believing. He's got Julian Love playing the best, best football of his life. Xavier McKinney, the safety, loves playing for him. He batted down Aaron Rodgers' pass in the last play of the game. Uh, they, they still pressure you, though. They pressure you not like he did with the Ravens, though. Ravens, he would literally have you guessing until the snap which way the overload was coming, and one side would come, the other side would drop out. And he's not doing that. You know, I don't see those type of pressures. But it's like it's an endless 
it's an endless list of pressures. They just keep coming, but they're different. Different what he did in Baltimore. I mean, if Baltimore watches what he's doing in New York, it's nothing that they saw while he was there in Baltimore. It doesn't look like that. Talking to Brian Baldinger, it's Inside Access here on The Fan. Uh, Baldy, one more Ravens thing. Ronnie Stanley only played a third of the snaps, but what would you think of him? Well, it's good to just see him out there. You know, Makari came in, and, uh, you know, the, the good thing is, uh, I would say this about any offensive tackle. You never mentioned his name. You didn't know he was out mm-hmm. there. That's a good thing. You know, like we didn't see any bad plays. He wasn't on the ground. So that's a, that's a good start as they try to work him kind of back into into shape here after such a, you know, a long layoff. Baldy, um, Pittsburgh Steelers been a iconic franchise. Obviously, Mike Tomlin's never experienced a losing season. Are, does he have the sort of the metal and what it takes to get this thing back on track, or have they just sort of hit the point of no return from a personnel standpoint? And it is just going to be a reboot sort of transition season. You know, it looks like it's a rebuild right now. It's early. Um, there's time to come out of the crypt. Um, you know, it was. You know, I mean, if you want to try to find a positive last week, you know, Kenny Pickett thrown to George Pickens, mm-hmm. a couple of rookies. You know, they they connected quite a few times. A lot of timing throws. The ball gets out of Pickett's hands really fast. They need that behind an, a shaky offensive line. They don't run the ball well. I you know I don't I can't speak to what kind of health Najee Harris is, right. but he, he he's not an effective back right now. I think the rookie Jalen Warren mm-hmm. is actually a better fit for what they do. He he always shows up. Um, you know, defensively they don't have many play. I mean, they just don't have many playmakers, and so. Uh, what Buffalo did to him, it, I mean, I don't want to disparage any franchise, but it looked like the varsity against the JV on yeah. Sunday with what, you know, Josh Allen did from the third play on. And Pittsburgh was pretty helpless to try to stop the, slot, the onslaught. Well, Baldy, a team that we thought was going to undergo a rebuild coming into the year is the Seahawks. Yes, they're only two and three. Their defense stinks. But Geno Smith, the transformation that he has underwent this season, I'm assuming you definitely didn't see this coming. I didn't. I don't know if anybody did. <laughs> no. But, but, it, but you know, you watch him against New Orleans, who's a quality defense, and his throws were amazing. I mean, it's rolling to his left. It's hitting Kenny Lockett over the top against triple coverage and putting it in the only spot that could actually be a completion. I mean, it's putting it on the fingertips of D.K. Metcalf, one that he dropped in the end zone but can't throw it any better. Uh, you know, it's in the offense makes a lot of sense. I mean, this is not a curmudgeon Pete Carroll offense where they're just running it, you know, three clouds, you know, and a bunch of dust. Yeah. I mean, they're taking shots down the field. And the two rookie tackles are playing really good football, Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross. And so they're getting protection. Uh, this, they've got a bunch of rookies. Kenneth Walker took over for Rashad Penny. He, he looked pretty good in there, too. Uh, you know, the plane, you know, one thing about Pete Carroll, and I know this is about, you know, Gino, but one thing about Pete, and he's always, he did this at USC, and he's always done it in the NFL. He's not afraid to play young guys. And he knows that they're going to make mistakes early, but he's going to win with these guys late. And, you know, when you watch Tariq Woolley right now, I mean, he might be as good a corner as there is in football. And so these young guys, they're going to come around on defense. They'll get better as the season goes on. But offensively, Gino is its really the story of this season so far. Baldy should 
should Cheesehead Nation be concerned? You and I talked a lot this summer. We thought that defense would be the star while the offense sort of transitioned and just hung in there. Now they're not pushing the ball down the field at all, and they're not able to hold leads, and they're not using the running backs probably as much as they should. Are, are you concerned? I'm not concerned because not, we, we, you know, we've never seen them three and two under Matt LaFleur. So there's concern there. And the fact that they couldn't score a point against the Giants the second half, mm-hmm. they couldn't get one deep shot against the Giants. It's a concern, but I think they have to realize that this, there is not, I mean, I think they think Devontae's still there with some of these routes yeah, yeah. that they're throwing. I mean, he dinked and dunked against the Giants like Aaron Rodgers maybe only can. I mean, it was just one quick throw after another. Ball's coming out sidearmed. It's, it's, it's smoke routes. It's hot routes. Um, he's feeding everybody. And he looked like he just got impatient doing it. But I think he has to be – I think he's smart enough to know that this is who we are right now. And we have to use Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon as much as we possibly can because they're both really good players. So you see them on the field together now. Like, I think they could come out of this. But the concern, really, I think the offense is going to be fine. But defensively, they should be better than they are. Yeah. Like, they just have not played well as a group. And I can't point to one thing. Because they got really good players everywhere. But they have not played well as a group. Baldy, big-time Sunday night game, and that's the Cowboys-Eagles. And Cowboys' defense has been phenomenal this year. They haven't given up 20 points in a game yet. Why has this defense been so dominant? Well, they've gone up against a lot of really bad offensive lines, to be honest with you. I mean, they beat up on Washington, beat up on Cincinnati uh, terribly. They beat up on the Rams last week with backups everywhere. So I'm not taking anything away from them. But, I mean, they're front. They didn't blitz once against the Rams last week, and there was Matt Stafford in the fourth quarter completely laid out on his back. Um, you know, he ate a lot of dirt in SoFi Stadium on Sunday with what they did to him with a four-man rush. I, they can't do that to the Eagles, although they, they have tremendous team speed. They got freakishly great athletes, starting with Micah. Uh, they're very well coordinated. They don't break down. And so this is a good test for the Eagles. They haven't seen a team with this kind of speed or athletes. The, the Eagles have done a great job of taking care of the football. Nobody has really forced Jalen Hurts into making mistakes. But this is the type of team that could, that could happen. I think the Eagles are a much better team everywhere. But I do think that, uh, that that's, the, that's the X factor, is can they force Jalen Hurts into some uncharacteristic mistakes, mistakes he, haven't, he hasn't made so far this season. Baldy, always great. Thank you so much for your time, Thanks, man. Thanks, brother. Always, guys. You bet, man. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, bud. That was Odyssey NFL Insider Brian Baldinger. Make sure to follow in the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Coming up next, they do. They uh, are started in Houston. Game two of the ALDS Astros and Mariners. We'll get you an update and update the entire playoffs. It's uh, this week in baseball next year on The Fan. Inside Access. Are you team bar soap or team body wash? Oh, that's a good question. I just think the bar soap cleanses you better. Yes. To be honest with you. Yes. Lock and Fora, Wyman, and Barbalace. I've always liked body wash. 1057 The Fan. Kershaw ready to 2 1. Swing and a drive. Rocketed to left. Towards the corner, and that is gone. Manny Machado, a home run just inside the foul pole down the left field line. And that quickly, the Padres lead it one to nothing. A bullet off the bat 
of Manny Machado. I mean, it's playoff baseball. I mean, playing a good team out there. Got to gotta try to get 20, quickest to 27 outs. So um, you got to be locked in and exciting. Um, you know, I mean, it's just this is what we play for our year. Manny Machado got the uh, the Padres going last night with that homer. Also a double in that game. Yes, helping the Padres win five to three. Padres had a battle back. They gave yeah. that lead up. Yes, they, they did. Come from behind against the mighty Dodgers. Yeah, they did. But they ended up winning game two. That series tied a game apiece, heading back to San Diego. I mean, obviously a vital win. I mean, the, the little brother got a counterpunch in, and some people thought this might be a sweep. And maybe it ends in five. I don't know. But that atmosphere in San Diego is going to be bonkers. And I'm Team Manny. I'm unabashedly I'm, Team Manny. I think there's a lot of people around here who hate him. Um, and I understand that he gets under a lot of people's skin. But I'm rooting for the dude. A lot of people, when he came back to Baltimore for the first time, it was a mixed reaction in the crowd. But why I, I just he did so much here and was such an integral part of that 12 through 16 run hell of a player uh, just a hell of a story of him coming up at 20 years old in that stretch run in 2012 I, like you said the comments the johnny hustle the ken rosenthal interview i get that but to the padres just an up and down year but is there something to be said Winning three road games already I against think the so. Mets Can't and hurt. the Dodgers. Yeah. Maybe they're... And the Dodgers really squandered that uh, runners on the corners in the sixth, and there was no outs there, and they didn't even score any runs. So I, I was one of those. I was one of those people that was not happy uh, when Manny left, but I'm over it now. Like but I, I, I not happy see, at but what? That's at on him? the O's. I was just. That's on the I, I get that, but I was just. I just the whole thing, and then his his quotes during the playoffs that year with the Dodgers they bothered me. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm cool with him now, and I wish him nothing but success. Uh, Let's move That's to the big of you. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you reached the point where you were able to have some closure. <laughs> like, like some and of take the, the high road. Like some how long the, it took? It took like two years, but well, you got there. I'll say this: like some on the show, I'm not stu- so stubborn that I won't admit my faults when, until my my wife tells me that I'm wrong. That's when, how it works. When, when Ken, <laughs> you'll may you may soon find oh, out, brother. Hey, hey. When, when Ken turned fifty, Stone he knows. Over a new Stone does know. Stone man. knows. But he's hearing that from multiple people, so it's got to yeah. be conflicting. Yeah. Well, Hey, let's go to Phillies and Braves. And the Braves win this game 3-0. It was scoreless in the sixth. Yeah. Some questionable defensive plays in that Philly. Like, Reese Hoskins, you got to make that play. That ball, ground, that ground ball to first base, he lets it get under his glove. That's the first run score, and it kind of snowballs from there. This, this smells like a team that had one hand extended to start the strangulation process. Yes. Didn't get the second one there. Got that one hand. Knocked off. I'm thinking of the who's the guy in Detroit? The, the, you see, like where he does like the fake karate, the like security guy in Detroit. Oh, you know yeah, what yeah. those videos? Like you, you know, they didn't finish the job, and now I just think the Braves are going to be a bit much. But it's going to Philly. It is. I get that. But they, you take the first two down there. You're, yeah. That's a wrap. The odds are telling. I don't know if it's a wrap, but like it, it, it's going to take some Herculean stuff for you to blow that. Um, and especially, it's a champ. You know what I mean? That's a champion on the ropes where you get up two nothing, and certain guys start thinking, even subconsciously. You know, we did just win one of these last. Year. You know what I mean? Like it's really hard to repeat. Oh, think of all the extra innings last year. I'm starting to break down a little bit. Like 
You you had a chance to start putting those seeds in their head on an off day, and you blew it. And a scary moment in the game, but ended up kind of being a cool moment, was when Acuna got pegged right in the elbow, and of course he was not a part of that postseason run last year because he was hurt. Stayed in the game, man, and he told MLB Network afterwards saying he's missed one postseason, he's not missing this one, so definitely cool toughness being shown by he he's a stud let's go to the american league game in progress obviously end of one no score seattle and houston but game one seattle looked like they had that bad boy wrapped up jason you mentioned that that runner at uh, the ty france yeah thrown out by jordan in left field and then jordan goes on to be the hitting hero twice yeah he hits a home run that hasn't landed yet in the ninth inning yeah i mean look i i Again, it's still relatively early, I guess, but this is a must-win. This is a must-win game for the Seattle Mariners. I, I just think there aren't any two ways about it. If you give the 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 Astros with all their pitching depth three chances to win one game against you, they're going to do it. Well, you talk about the Phillies having uh, the Braves on the ropes. Mariners, you win a pivotal game one on the road. You have the lead in the ninth yeah. inning, two outs, Robbie Ray. I, I, and to not get that done, I mean, that's <laughs> I, they have to win today, like you said. Finally, Yankees and Guardians, game two rained out already for tonight. Game one, Garrett Cole brought it. They can yes, give up did. the run early. He brought it. And the Yankees got a couple of cheap uh, uh, Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. home runs, and they won the game 3-1. Yeah, um... I guess it's ne- uh, Nestor Cortez. Yeah. Now tomorrow, a little tomorrow more one, for him. Probably this, the forecast ain't great tomorrow well either. For him. Oh really? Yeah. So we'll see. But they're going to rain all day. I mean, they'll they'll play it if they're supposed to be at one. Yeah. It could be at seven. They're still going to play it. Yeah. They're, they they uh, like what we saw like uh, yesterday. Yeah. No. Let's hope they get it in. Yeah. Yesterday that was what, almost but three the hour rain. Phillies game started half a day later. <laughs> Coming up next year on the program. We'll get your best bets to Thursday. Our friend Lucy Burge, she'll tell you where to put your money next here on The Fan. Inside. 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 Access. With Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.